Welcome to the Under 18 Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for the best insight into the talent pathways across Aussie rules, basketball and netball. Visit draftcentral.com.au. We're taking a look at the Under 18 Girls Championships in this edition. And to help me do that, we have the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Pete Williams, with us. How are you, Pete? Yeah, really good. I'm looking forward to chatting all things footy with plenty going on in the uh, female space as we head towards the championships. And also joining us is the Women's Footy Editor of Draft Central, Sophie Taylor. Soph, welcome to you. Hello. Good to have you uh, fit and firing on board. Yes, I'm finally well again, which is quite nice. Yes, at least there's only one that's sick in the studio this week. Let's take a look at what happened across the weekend in the Under-18 Girls Championships. It was round one or series one of uh, the competition on the weekend that saw the Central Allies and the Eastern Allies uh, have matches against one another. We'll start with uh, South Australia and the Northern Territory and their matches across the weekend. The first one went the way of South Australia. It was a 58-point win in the end to them, 13-5-83 to 4-1-25. Yeah, it was a really interesting contest between uh, South Australia and Northern Territory. Uh, It really reflected the two different sides uh, uh, throughout the carnival. South Australia are going to be like a bit of a dark horse uh, when it comes to the Series 2, obviously, these two teams combined, but South Australia will have the bulk of the players. Um, they're a lot stronger than last year. There's a lot of talented players. Um, we saw Kiana Lee, who's still a, uh, a middle-ager, still another year off or so. Um, she booted four goals, and you had a, multiple goal kickers across the board. It was uh, a really quite impressive effort. Like Tia Charlton, she's another um, middle-ager, kicked a couple. Alex Ballard as well. So um, you look through that, and there were quite a few, and um, the vice-captain and captain really stood up in Hannah Munyard and, and Montana McKinnon, uh, midfielder and ruck respectively, um, where for the uh, Northern Territory, Mattia Breed, who's quite highly rated, she's a tall and was in the ruck, she played quite well, as did Christine Davis, uh, who booted a goal. Um, Taylor Hart Aluni booted two goals. Uh, they only kicked four for the game, but... Um, yeah, like they still showed some good fight, but it was mostly South Australia early on and then, yeah, in the second half. And in the second game too, we can add, because on Sunday they went out victors by 69 points, holding the Northern Territory goalless 10-11-71 to just two behinds. Yeah, again, Kiana Lee booted another four goals, so that's eight goals in two games, so she's in some ripping form. Um, and Hannah Munyard, Tia Charlton, again, booted a couple for um, Charlton there. She's a, as I said, middle-ager, so... There's quite a bit of uh, talent coming through the ranks and they're going to be quite important come up to the championships. Um, Madison Newman, Jamie Tabb, Julia Clark or others that were quite impressive and named among the best. Uh, And then there was uh, Chantel uh, Miskin-Ripia who was strong uh, through defence and Mattia Breed again was impressive around the ground. Um, Shanika Abbott is one player who uh, impressed across both games and she was named uh, Northern Territory's most valuable player. So... So that's the Central Allies squad, if you like, because from those two games, they'll form the Central mm. Allies for July's round robin up in Queensland yep. on the Gold Coast. The Eastern Allies, uh, New South Wales ACT up against Tasmania. Again, this was fairly one-sided. Uh, the New South Wales ACT, comprehensive victors in both games, 11-5-71 to 2-1-13 in Friday's match. Yeah, and Tasmania actually kicked the first goal of the game and then New South Wales really switched on after that. They kicked, obviously, 11 on the next 12 to run out pretty comfortable victors. And 
Jordan Jolliffe's the name for those who've watched NAB League girls that would be familiar with. She kicked a couple, uh, the Bendigo Pioneer forward. Uh, Georgia Garnett, she's going to be a real key forward uh, for the team. She can also play through the midfield. She booted a couple. Olivia O'Donnell had a couple. Uh, they really shared it around, which was important, you know, having eight uh, individual goal kickers. So, you know, they're, they're not far from um, having a nice little spread where for Tasmania, Hannah Smith and Gemma Webster both booted a goal each. Uh, yeah, Tasmania were competitive early on, but then New South Wales ACT just came over the top and, yeah. Um, did what you sort of expected and ran away with the game. And they did that in the second game as well, 13-6-84 to 2-4-16. Yeah, and this was almost a, a tale of two halves because uh, early on Tasmania kicked the first goal again of the game and New South Wales levelled it up and then Tasmania kicked their second goal early in the second. So they were actually uh, two goals to one at one stage and then uh, New South Wales ACT sort of just went bang from there and... Um, booted the next 12 goals, and nine of them came in the second half. So they were pretty dominant. And Brenna Tarrant bo- booted four goals. Lillian Doyle and Jessica Whelan uh, all uh, booted two, and then the rest were all singles. So they had quite a few goal kickers uh, where Hannah Smith again uh, kicked goals, uh, kicked a goal for Tasmania, and uh, Steph Griffiths as well. And Brenna Tarrant and Georgia Garnett were the joint MB. MVPs for New South Wales ACT, uh, while Mia King starred for Tasmania, as you'd expect. So, um, plenty, plenty to like about those games from both sides. Mia King's a name that uh, North Melbourne Tasmania Kangaroos supporter mm. in the AFLW will be looking forward to seeing the next round of, or uh, well, the next set of matches in this round one of the NAB AFLW Under 18 Championships for 2019 is on Friday the 14th of June, so in just over a week's time over in Subiaco. Western Australia will face Queensland, and we'll preview the Queensland side next here on the Final Siren podcast, thanks to Draft Central. This is the Under-18 Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for full coverage of the Under-18 Girls Championships, which round one continues in a week and a half's time over in Perth. Queensland are travelling over there, Pete. Who are we going to keep an eye on throughout this campaign for Queensland? Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot to like about the Queensland side. I've been excited since last year because... Um, for those who don't know, Queensland became the first, well, it was the first ever time of beating Vic Metro, which is um, a really that, difficult thing to do. That's across everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, across boys or girls, like um, could well be across any age ever, because um, Queensland obviously is usually a Division Two state, and to come up against Vic Metro and beat them was um, remarkable. And not, not to mention, like some people might go, oh, maybe Metro arrested some of their players. They absolutely did not, because... To give you a name, and for those who obviously know AFL Women's, you've got this. These were the uh, players in the best: uh, Eleanor Brown, um, Emerson Woods, Madison Press-Parkus, and for them, uh, for those who know this year's crop, Gabby Newton and Georgia Patrikios. So they're they're probably the top two picks this year. So, um, the, the, uh, just before you move on, though, that the, there is a reason for that, and Queensland has been probably the second or third best state when it comes to the strength mm. in talent for women's footy for quite some mm. time. Victoria, obviously, 
head and shoulders, well, not head and shoulders above the rest, but uh, right up yeah. there. Western Australia has hovered around there for the last few years, but Queensland's probably taken that number two spot in recent years. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and a lot of that comes down to Craig Stasevich too, because he's done a terrific job with women's footy up there. And um, to be honest, he's probably regarded as one of the best coaches um, in the country because of his work. To be able to work with the under-18s through to the women's is, is terrific because he, for those who don't know, he coaches the under-18 um, Queensland team. So that's a pretty handy addition. And then, of course, they come up and want to play for Brisbane because they've played under him and everything like that. So it's a really exciting time. He can actually see the future of Brisbane, um, you know, train them up, get them in playing a certain style uh, similar to Brisbane, and he's got ready-made recruits coming in. Be curious to see how that continues mm. to unfold now that the Gold Coast are, are coming into the competition and there's already some stars uh, from the under-18 world that have been elevated into that Gold Coast lineup. You look at Ali Hampson, uh, Charlotte Hammonds and Katara Farah, those three have already been drafted to the Gold Coast or they're on the Gold Coast list. Um, so there's already three of those Queensland players who have actually um, made the cut and shown that they do have the talent there. So it will be very interesting to see what they can do. Yeah, certainly uh, there's the three girls that have already been drafted. And, and take note, this is a very strong Queensland team because last year they had a, a few girls that came through and were drafted. We've already seen some of them play AFL women's. You know, Lauren uh, Ballas, an example, Tory Groves, Little. Um, there, there's been a few that have come through and, and really performed. Um, Nat Greid is another who, who captained this team last year. Um, and yet the strongest group is in this uh, group that's coming through now, the top age girls, which is a perfect time for Queensland footy because I know there's a lot of concern over Brisbane at the uh, at the top level, given who they've lost and now Gold Coast have come in. But uh, there's quite a few in that uh, Brisbane Academy who are very, very talented. And I mean, you don't have to look any further than Lily Postlewaite, who's uh, Queensland's standout uh, prospect, really. She's she was named best on ground in all three games for Queensland in that series too, a, a, as a, a middle-ager there that still had a year to go. So to come back and, and see what she's able to put out there this year is is just terrific. She's a um, you know inside midfielder who can play outside as well. Lovely kick of the ball, really clever, smart. Uh, she'd be one that I think if Stasevich could pick one player, it, it'd be her because she's just very dynamic, very talented, uh, someone who will be very exciting going forward. And I mean, you go across the list, you know, you've got Dee Heslop, who's another talented player. She can play around the ground, uh, mostly played, I think, in defence last year. She also made the All-Australian team. So Possilwaite and Heslop both made the All-Australian team last year. Um, Isabel Dawes is a really classy small forward midfielder. She's one to keep an eye on as well. Uh, we've already mentioned Hampson and Hammonds. They're another couple. Uh, and Faku Harson as well, who's the uh, very exciting player. Um, showed signs in burst. Was one of the best in the opening game of the round in Queensland's loss to Vic Country. Kicked a couple of goals. But um, once she's able to put it all together, she's very, very exciting. And um, someone who will be one to watch for sure. And um, like the, the list sort of goes on because they had 10 people in the AFL Academy, which if you think about it for the, the boys, the old school, before they obviously included 30 players in the um, allies, if you looked at the boys, you might have, say, two or three from Queensland each year or, or something like that. So the girls still have that old school academy that the boys used to have where you name basically 30 players in an academy and Queensland had 10 of them. So um, it, it's pretty remarkable to think um, that, that they've got so many 
in that academy. Uh, so um, they're a really strong side. And, and to be honest, I think they're going to give Victoria a real challenge this year. Um, whether or not they beat them this year, I'm not sure. But I expect they'll probably beat WA. Um, and WA have a lot of talent as well. But Queensland are a very, very strong side. And I'm quite excited for these champs. As Pete alluded to, Queensland will be going up against Western Australia over at Subiaco on Friday, June 14 and Sunday, June 16. We'll preview the Western Australian side next week on the next edition of the Final Siren podcast, Under 18 Girls. Uh, we're going to move forward, though, now uh, a week after that because at Avalon Airport over the Vic Country Vic Metro squad take place for the under-18 girls. Prior to that, it's the under-16s. And prior to that, I've gone the long way there, but this Sunday, the Vic Metro side takes on New South Wales ACT. And we'll preview that next on the uh, under-18 girls edition of the Final Siren podcast, thanks to Draft Central. This is the Under-18 Girls edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Head to afl.draftcentral.com.au. The Under-16 Vic Metro side are taking on the New South Wales ACT side this weekend. Uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday, their match commences. Uh, what can you tell us about it, Soph? Well, one big name in the Vic Metro side, you've got to just look out for Georgie Presparkas, obviously um, one of the top young talents, um, an absolute ball magnet. She's uh, into every single contest. She can really play across the field. Um, she kicked 13 goals in 2019 and seven of them were just in round two. So she In the second half. Yes, in the second half of the game. So she really does have that um, ability to really move across the ground and make an impact wherever she is. Um, yeah, she was among the best from Calder every week. Uh, she was in our team of the week most weeks, mm. I think. Um, and, yeah, so she's really just one of those exceptional players to watch out for. Yeah, she was in the team of the week seven seven times. Impressive. Mm. And a great ball user too in the grand mm. final for the Nebula girls a couple of weeks ago was, if not Calder's best, one of the two, uh, given Patrikios was also in that side and played mm. a very good role that day. The New South Wales ACT side, uh, not a hell of a lot we know uh, about them at this stage, but given the direction that New South Wales ACT footy is going uh, with women's, we're expecting them to, to not potentially beat Vic Metro, but at least be competitive against them. Yeah, look, I, I think that there's a, a great deal of unknown because obviously you look at last year, Elise Parker came through the system and she'd been playing for a number of years. So she came through that Ram system. So I'm sure there's quite a few players that are coming through that um, realistically, this is the first chance you get to have a bit of a look at them and see how they've performed over the time. And it's great for them to play against a Victorian side because realistically, they've probably played intra-club games or um, maybe in their own academies, the ones that have been assigned to academies and that kind of thing. But they haven't really had much of a chance to play against, uh, I, I guess, other states. So this is really terrific to uh, come up against a, a Vic Metro squad that realistically you're looking at some really top-end prospects going forward. And 
I mean, you look at uh, Georgie Presparkas, we've already spoken about, but Tess Flintoff is probably the other one that's as close to Presparkas as you can get. Um, she missed a few games through cricket. She's a high-level cricketer. She's played for Australia already and um, really talented at that sport as well. But she's one that um, uses the ball really well. She actually won a game with the final kick uh, against Calder uh, over at uh, Bayswater. So she's a really talented midfielder who can also play forward. Uh, You look down the list and we already saw Casey Lennox on the uh, grand final. She's a tall defender. She played quite well. She's one to watch out for. Amelia Yassir was another one who um, was quite impressive. And these, of course, are all 03 births. It's worth mentioning. So they're still a few years off now. So another couple of years in the system as well. So they're going to really improve. Michaela Appleby from Northern is one who will um, continue to improve. She held her own throughout the season at times. Uh, Charlie Rowbottom is the sister of the uh, Swans James, obviously, who got drafted last year. So there's some good footy talent coming through that family. And Charlie Murphy showed some good signs as a tall forward at Sandringham. Um, There's quite a few that, if you look down the list, that, you know, there's not a lot. They didn't get a lot of games this year because of the strength of all the, I guess, uh, Nabilee girls' teams. But certainly from, from that perspective, there's quite a few that are that are quite impressive in that Metro squad. And you would expect them to, to I guess, uh, defeat New South Wales ACT just based on the fact that they've played a whole competition and they got used to it. And for New South Wales ACT, obviously they play in local leagues and things like that. Um, so it'll be a great opportunity for them, obviously up at Albury. So um, reduce the travel. But, uh, yeah, it'll just be a really good, uh, I guess, warm-up for Vic Metro ahead of their game with Vic Country, which, unlike the boys, it's not like a scheduled thing where you play South Australia, WA, anything like that. Um, you've got to wait for under-18s for that. But um, it will be a, it should be a really good contest for some of the girls to represent their state, which is a terrific effort. That Vic Metro and Vic Country game is on the 22nd of June, a double-header with the under-18 girls match, which will also be played that day. And I think the one thing to take away from this under-16s uh, crop, if you if you like, is that their standard is already at the level of the under-18s, under which is scary to mm. think that they've got another two or three years in the system to continue to hone and refine their skill set. And given that they're already at that under-18 level, um, it's quite frightening, especially mm. when you look at someone with the name Presparkas. Um, no, no, that's a, it's a name that's constantly referred to, but there is a reason why, because she's a highly talented footballer. That's all ahead of us for the Under-18 Girls Championships, and on the next edition of the final Siren podcast, the Under-18 Girls edition, will take a look at the Western Australian side and also recap that Vic Metro New South Wales ACT game from Sunday part of uh, long weekend footy this weekend. Uh, that's it for this edition of the Final Siren Podcast. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you. And thanks, Pete. Yep, thank you. The social medias for everyone out there. Yep, at Draft Central Oz, which is A-U-S on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And of course, head to afl.draftcentral.com.au for anything to do with the under-18 girls their championships, footballs, profiles, whatever, it's all there, afl.draftcentral.com.au. I'm Matthew Cox, been a pleasure to have your company, and we look forward to it on the next edition of the Under-18 Girls podcast, the final Siren podcast, thanks to Draft Central. Ah!